Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon. I am your hostess, your groove mistress, your spiritual advisor, and cruise director, Madam Perry. And I am thrilled to be here, as always, and so happy that you're here. Hey, by the way, those that were listening last night, when we had Jeff Carlisi of 38 Special on, you know, I had some audio problems in the beginning, and they were kind of rough. But some people were calling in, asking him questions, and so... Um, a good time, and he's already said, you know, if you were on listening, you heard it before the end of the show, and he also let me know today he looks forward to coming back once my audio issues are done, and hopefully they are over, uh, but he was such a sweetheart, uh, especially people that loved him in 38 Special, and then also in the band Big People with Benjamin Orr, and who else was in that band? Was it uh, Derek St. Holmes? And some other fun folks. But anyway, oh, Liberty DeVito. But, um, yeah, so that was fun. But anyway, if you're listening live tonight, and it's Tuesday, January 28, 2020, and if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio but you haven't followed, there is a little azalea pink-colored rectangle that says follow. And I would certainly be delighted if you click on that and follow. Or follow or subscribe on any podcast platform you prefer to listen to because you know it's free to download and uh, just having followers like you and you guys have been so great and so supportive to listen to share to leave reviews Um, a lot of people left reviews on Stitcher and on Apple's iTunes and thank you so very much because that is why I'm able to get so many wonderful guests like um, Jeff Carlisi and all the people I've had lately, uh, Franny Goldie, uh, so many cool folks, and uh, the people I've got coming up. Actually, if you know the band Mother's Finest, Moses Mo, their guitar player, is going to be here in February. Also coming up soon, I have got a lot of steampunk folks. You know, March is uh, Wild Wild West Con, and that's in... uh, Tucson, Arizona, and it's Wild Wild West Con. It's a, a steampunk festival, but it's held in the Old Town Tucson, which is where a lot of uh, TV shows and movies used to be made, cowboy uh, movies, TV. And now it's a, a theme park or attraction, but they let us take it over. Well, people can still come in uh, that aren't part of the festival, but uh, we pretty much take it over, so we've got a totally immersive Western steampunk convention. But a lot of people who are going to be Features coming on the show in the next few weeks. Paige Gardner, who makes magnificent costumes, just out of this world. Also, um, Tobias McCurry, uh, Thomas Williford, uh, Poison Garden, the Italian steampunk band that's going to be playing. So we've got lots of cool people, and uh, I am thrilled. And tonight we've got another cool person. She's been on, but it's been a long time ago. And this is the busiest woman, and she's got the busiest. Uh, sidekick I've ever met too, but I am so thrilled. I know you know who she is. She's a British author, blogger, web TV entrepreneur, uh, author of novels and short stories. She's edited fiction and nonfiction anthologies. Uh, she's got a blog that is a riot. Uh, they're called Errant, Errant Ramblings, which is Ceretto's weblog. And um, she's a TV books, uh, weblogs, I, I don't know what else to say except I am just thrilled to have the sensational and sizzling Mitzi Soretto back in Madame Perry's salon. How you doing, sister? Hi, how's my favorite Southern Belle? <laughs> oh, just doing fine. With the Mitzi Corgi. <laughs> and how are you and Teddy? 
Oh, we're fine. I, I have to laugh. You. You, get in a, you have to get in a plug for Teddy or else he'll be quite irate about it. Oh, I'm fully aware. And I respect, I respect Teddy. I, I always give Teddy props every chance, every chance I can because I – I, uh, I I got a lot of respect for Teddy. Teddy's 30. He's right there. He's always in the saddle with you, always in the sidecar. <laughs> I always think I'm the one know in what's the sidecar. <laughs> I'm in the sidecar. <laughs> Maybe he's so. Driving. He's the pilot. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, like, I like it coming on. I hope I'm your southern favorite Southern Belle. It'd be nice to be somebody's. So I am just are. delighted, you though, are. and... Uh, Oh, good. Yay. Yay. So, um, you know, I said sizzling and sensational because when I first learned about you years ago, a lot of your work, besides your television work in uh, Great Britain, was um, erotica. Yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, well, not it wasn't all of what I did, but I did do quite a bit of it at one time. So, yeah, and 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 that's fine. But you know, one must do more than one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth, honey? So uh, I sound like the queen. One, one must. One must do more than one. Thing. One must. See, so now when one you say must. we, I'll never know if it's the if it's the royal we or you and Teddy. Oh, that's right, the royal we. <laughs> Wait, I think it, I think it was Victoria. I think Victoria was the one one, and then Elizabeth is the we. <laughs> So since you really got dual citizenship in the U.S. and in Britain, um, do you have a favorite portrayer of the Queen? Because I haven't seen Helen Mirren's, but I'm fond of anything anything Olivia Coleman does. Um, I actually quite liked, um, uh, you know, oh God, who was it uh, who did the Queen some years ago? It was um, uh, Prunella Scales did a really good Elizabeth. <gasps> and uh, really? you know Prunella with Basil Faulty's wife from Faulty Tower. Yes, Faulty Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she did oh, a good job okay. on that. I get caught up. Yeah. Well, that's a few years up. back, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think you know who well, really oh. does a good queen? The queen does a good queen. <laughs> Oh yes! Did you see? Yes, yeah, somebody had made sure that I saw at the uh, the la- the big Olympic events when Daniel Craig goes to get her. Oh, in the castle. That was cute. That, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that that was. That, I don't. Well, I didn't watch the Olympics, but I caught that. I was worth it for me. <laughs> I watched that. Yeah, then I watched the. I've watched over and over on YouTube the uh, part of the opening ceremonies that had uh, Russell Brand on it. <laughs> Because he's just so much fun. <laughs> he's he's an interesting character. Yeah, I'll say no more. <laughs> yeah, coming in with his Willy Wonka character, so forth. But anyway, well, I don't know where to begin first, so I'm going to just take some guidance from you. But I know, um, you know, we can we we've, we've already mentioned you had television. Uh, well, you had the uh, TV channel Bitsy TV that started in Britain, um, which covered, I think, the description of the quirky side of London, England. I don't know. You watch enough uh, British mysteries like we do, and uh, and we being me, the hubby, and the corgis, you start thinking, man, all those little vigil villages, <laughs> but... The, the, yes, we are the, too. The, that's the fun thing. That's the fun thing about Britain is there's lots of quirky. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how did you how did you enjoy? How did you start? Why don't I going to ask how you started doing television? Yeah, you're Missy Zaretto. I mean, of course you did television, but um, and I even loved the show. It was always so cool. But. Uh, Tell us what it was like though doing shows because you did a lot of live on vacation. I mean, on on location stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, the whole thing came about kind of um, in, by accident, which is this tends to be the story of my life how things tend to happen by accident. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I mean, I did some television like regular, you know, straightforward stuff like author interviews and things like that. Um, but um, at the time when I decided to do this, um, internet, uh, you know, web TV was just sort of um, coming into its own. 
and um, some of it was pretty bad. And I thought, well, you know, I could probably do better than what a lot of these people are doing. And I figured, what, you know, I'll give it a go. Um, and I, I put an ad on Facebook um, asking for a camera person. And uh, God, a couple hours later, this fellow messages me, says, hey, you know, I do a lot of red carpet film premieres in London, and I'd be up for it. So as as one does in England, you meet at the pub. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, okay. You know, we, we, yeah, we, got, <laughs> we sussed each other out and got along and, and said, well, let's let's go for it. And, and uh, he happened to live in the neighborhood right by that, the first one, which was um, the, uh, the pub sing-along, and that was his local. And he said, you know, this is really fun, and why don't we try that? And so that's that was how we started. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. It happens in the pub. Yeah, it all happens in the pub, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah, what you happens know, in the pub had, stays in the pub. <laughs> sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. Because I had a guest on about a year, about a year ago. His name was Chris Difford. And that's how he met his uh, songwriting partner with an ad in the pub. And so uh, the guy's girlfriend had put the ad up, actually, not him. And so he followed it, and the two guys got together, and they, and therefore Squeeze was born. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, my first uh, yeah. university, my my first university teaching job, uh, the interview was at a pub. <laughs> Oh, really? I mean, I met, yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, seriously. The the gentleman who was um, the uh, person in charge of the creative writing program, uh, someone had uh, said, "Hey, you know, why don't you? I'll put you in touch with him. They need some new lecturers." So we met uh, in a pub in Sheffield, and uh, basically we talked about two minutes about teaching, and the rest was he was talking about his ex girlfriend who dumped him in Wales, and we just kept drinking, and I don't know how I got home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I managed to get home by hook or crook, and I left him at the pub, and I guess he finally did manage to get home on his own, and I was hired. <laughs> <laughs> what a life you have. Um, just <laughs> well, I, I marvel now, at it sometimes. And, and you should. I, I enjoy it. Um just keep it up with you where I can, but with you, I listen to Teddy's stories. And for anybody listening who doesn't know who Teddy is, you know, maybe if you don't know who Teddy Tedaloo is, then you don't know Mitzi. So I advise you to get out there and find out on your own. Find Teddy, T-E-D-D-Y, T-E-D-A-L-O-O on, uh, on, on what, Twitter? Uh, or well, he's on and Twitter. So that, he, has, he has a website. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere. I'm going to let him tell you who he is because i got to give him, follow him on Twitter because I know he's listening to me right now. Oh. Now, you, if you're saying, <laughs> by the way, uh, if you listen and you want to uh, have a question or you want to ask Mitzi or comment, just give us a call. The number is 646-716-9922, which is a toll-free call in the continental U.S., but it's 646 646- Seven one six nine nine two two, or people like I had a lot last night. People who sometimes are on the day job, or like we had a message from Tobias last night who was off in the air. Uh, people who can't get to a phone will send me a question or comment via message on Facebook, either from me or Madam. So uh, you know, send a message, question, whatever. But uh, and it's a toll free call in Continental U.S. Just to make sure you know. So. You also have branched out into uh, true crime. Yes, I have. And last that year, is, and that's another accident that's working out well for me. I'm <laughs> good. You've got a book uh, called uh, "The Best New True Crime Stories." I don't know. I I just tend to think that maybe you're you've got spirit guides that are just leading you along, and you're not giving them any trouble. You're just following. Wherever they go, look over well, here. I, this I don't want a lot of trouble, you know. I kind of want a peaceful life, so I, <laughs> I try not to create too much trouble where I go. It finds me, but I'm not looking I can, for it. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, I yeah, can the dig it. Is, uh, the, so. Yeah, it's the the best new true crime stories: serial killers. 
is the official title, but actually the best new true crime stories is a, is a series because I'm working on a second book, but we don't need to talk about that right now because we want to talk about the first book. <laughs> yes. Okay. The best new true crime stories, uh, serial killers, by Mitzi Soretto. And so tell me how you got into writing about true crime. Cause I got to tell you, I'm a fan and I have no, I've been a fan for about 20 or 30 years because of, I know for me, like some people say, oh, well, that's sick. You know, people that don't get it, I go, you know, it's what real people try to come up with to do to do away with someone else or think that they can, think that they can get away with. That just amazes me because they were things that if you were writing in this fiction, I'm sure someone's editor would say, okay, come on, nobody, nobody would do that. You know, you've got to take, you've got to change that or think that things wouldn't happen. But in true crime, People, they don't care what they do. And there's always seems to be times when people are so nuts that a, a certain crime happens. They'll go, oh, I bet Judy did that. That sounds like I knew she was going to do that one day or something. You know, you think, okay, people saw what this is headed. But um, what, what piqued your interest in true crime? Well, um, you know, I, I I hadn't really thought about it that much, and then now that, of course, I'm in it, I'm sort of reevaluating um, my life and my interests, and I realize that I've actually been interested in true crime since probably my teens. Uh, you know, watching uh, television documentary series, uh, news magazine series, and pretty much when you know when you look at those series, the the primary thing is true crime, um, and perhaps the label wasn't put on it at that time, but now, you know, it's a good label. So of course we're using it. Um, but I think, I think it's just a fascination for, for these cases and, and, and how, you know, how these, how's, how these crimes happened, how they trace back, you know, all the little octopus arms that, you know, that, cause there are lots of mm-hmm. arms with these cases. Oh um, yeah. You know, if how these people may have slipped up, how law enforcement uh, figured out all these things. I mean, it's quite fascinating stuff. It is just the solving of the crimes, and um, and yeah, sometimes people just get caught in a desperate situation. They think that there's, for some reason, they just think in the moment, well, I just gotta. I gotta run. I gotta, yeah. I gotta whatever. Just get out. They can, you know, never thinking they'll get caught, and they're only making it worse. But um, and then there's all. Well, I think probably do, most. You know, yeah, I think most criminals assume they're not going to be caught. I mean, I I don't think most people go into committing a crime figuring they'll get caught. You know, the, they they all think they're smarter and they'll get away with it. And you know, sometimes they do, but I think more often than not, they don't. <laughs> no, that's true. Hopefully not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you put this book together, um, where did your stories come from, and are there any? Uh, what true crime writers do you read? Do you read other people's work, and and if so, who do you like? I that? hadn't really, I hadn't really been a big reader of true crime. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm from a pretty heavily fictional background. Um, no, I shouldn't say fictional. It makes me sound like my background's fictional. Uh, fiction. <laughs> Maybe it is fictional. Maybe it's all, it's all, I just dreamt the whole thing. It never happened. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a fiction lover. You know, I've, I've not been huge on nonfiction reading, but, um, I have, uh, you know, I've always liked reading crime fiction, and but I also have a journalism degree, so I have that background about, you know, how you go and find a story and ferret out all these things and try to create a really broad uh, perspective and perspectives from different sources, not just one-sided. So, I mean, I had that when I started out uh, doing the true crime, but... Um, you know, as far as uh, finding people for the books, you know, I approach this anthology like the others, and, and I, I put out a really wide call for submissions to people, very, really wide. I mean, I approached some people individually, but a lot of it was just contacting uh different places that would maybe list the writer's call and that sort of thing. And uh, so it's a mix of people that I reached out to and a mix of people that just came in through fate. 
um, some of whom actually got in at, as the door was slamming, you know, when the submissions deadline had passed. And, uh, and, and you know, <laughs> and I'm sure that's going to happen again because I have a submissions deadline this Friday. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and it always happens. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just a really interesting mix of people. And, and that's the whole thing I like as well is having a very diverse mix of people in my books. People from all kinds of backgrounds, uh, from all over the world, uh, different voices, different ways of telling a story, um, you know, a real good mix to make it interesting and make each story different from the one that you just read. That's, that's kind of my goal, and that's what I achieved with this book. Did you, have, did you notice uh, any kind of a difference between um, women killers and, and men killers? Yeah, men who kill oh, well, women. We have both in the book, um, and uh, you know, the women specifically in this book. I, I mean, some of them were a bit more uh, softer in the way they kill. Well, except for one, except for one who basically <laughs> smashed you in the head and <laughs> whatever. But I mean, the, the men, the men are definitely more violent. I mean, the men are more violent, and there's often a sexual element with the crimes where that's not necessarily the case with women, except in one. There is an exception to that. There is an exception. It is rarer for women to be sexually motivated with killings, but the case of Fred and Rosemary West, you're where you have a man and a woman both sexually abusing their victims, that's highly unusual. Mm. Yeah, it but is. Generally, it's the men. Yeah, yeah. Well, this actually the piece in here because a lot of uh, if you if you know Fred and Rosemary West, they're uh, uh, they were uh, serial killers from the UK, um, and a lot's been written about them. And I didn't want to just have people rehash everything that we already know. So the piece that's in here is more about how their um, crimes affected the culture and society of and and the place that they took place as well. So it's it's more of a cultural study. And uh, and it also was a real eye-opener because you wonder, like, how in the world did this go on for so long and nobody noticed anything? I mean, that, some of these cases in here are like that. You just can't believe there was such a failure, uh, say, with social services or, or law enforcement or, or whatever, that how could these things have gone on so long? That's the scary thing. Yeah, this was a yeah, – yeah, Fred and Rosemary West um, – yeah, that was a sick uh, situation. They were acting uh, on a bizarre pedia that they terrorized Herefordshire for years. Mainly All the, yeah, white I mean, teams. young girls yeah. and people moving into the house and then vanishing and, I mean, burying people in the back garden. I mean, oh, my God. You know, it was pretty extreme stuff. I mean, they definitely left a legacy that no one will forget. Mm, yeah, it's uh, sick, and then, yeah, it's, uh, it's a strange one. Yeah, that was a horrible situation. Um, or is it put in the, uh, or as it says here, uh, in Bizarrepedia, um, before the two devils met, began one sentence. It was like the two devils. <laughs> and yeah, then together, exactly. one, the duo one formed a deadly enough. mix. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and mean, then they one, one wouldn't have been enough. Now we have a two, a two of them doing it. Yeah, exactly. Normally, it's just um, serial killers tend to be a, a one man show, so to speak. You know, not to make light yeah. of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, they tend to work. You know, yeah, on their own. Because um, you, you know, it's not a lot of trust among thieves and criminals. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not that I've ever seen, but um, <laughs> wow! What about um, uh, what were one of the other stories then? Tell us. Oh well, gosh! I mean, I they're all over the spectrum. I mean, there's a, a piece about Dennis Nilsson, who was a serial killer in London, um, and the piece is more so about um, his time after the killings. Uh, it's written by a gentleman who was a, a writer in residence in a prison, and Nilsson was in his writing class. 
So um, he talks a lot about uh, how if, if prison really works, uh, would it work for someone like Nilsson? Uh, Nilsson's uh, fight to get his autobiography published. I mean, you know, are unbelievable. You know, that. I mean, obviously that's illegal, but there were some things going on that, you know, he tried, he tried. Um, there's, I should mention there's several first-person accounts in here, which are quite, uh, you know, which add a real new, interesting dimension, obviously, because people who have been face-to-face with these serial killers, you know, obviously that story cannot be told by anyone else but themselves. So there's a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a piece by um, Danuta Cott, who um, also writes as Danuta Ray. She's, um, she recently won a Crime Writers Association Award uh, and has won some before. Uh, she writes a piece about um, when she was living in Sheffield. <laughs> Here goes Sheffield again. And we all seem to have lived in Sheffield <laughs> at one time. <laughs> but uh, her, her, piece, her piece is about um, an encounter with the Yorkshire Ripper. Oh. Which you know she lived to tell about, which she she could have ended up as his first victim, and luckily just by walking away at, and and fate that she missed out <laughs> and lived to tell the story. Um, there's an interesting piece um, called "Connecting the Dots" by Marcy Rendon, who's a, a Native American writer, and she re- writes about a serial killer who was targeting Native women in Minneapolis. Um, and she interviewed a lot of the women who were um, there at the time, and uh, how they they actually supposedly got the culprit, who had who had died of cancer. And it, there's just too many too many questions that it just seems unlikely that the man that they said is the killer was really the killer. So, you know, she opens mm. the door to the fact, like, th- there's pr- probably someone else. And um, I was really happy to get this piece because a lot of people are unaware of the amount of uh, Native uh, American women and Aboriginal women who are murdered. Uh, this is a problem in the United States. It's a problem in Canada. Um, and it just doesn't seem to get the uh, attention that it should. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed, I think, when I read uh, a few stories in the situation, I think the, the one that you're discussing recently, and I thought, yeah, this doesn't this doesn't seem to get quite uh, the attention that it should should it should be um, better represented because anytime somebody's especially targeting one particular group, women, you know, there's like a seems to have almost like a personal bias in there, and which to me that's a dangerous criminal. Um, uh, yeah. Of a different cut, you know. You know, well, it's not exactly. personal. I mean, like some true crime is personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just the fact that um, it was Native American women, and uh, I mean, women do always seem to be the ones targeted in murder, anyway, especially serial murder. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's yeah. I, there's a novel out, uh, not a novel. I'm sorry. There's a a, a book out right now about the the case in Canada, um, but there's several, and that's the scary thing. There are this is just being repeated over and over and over, and uh, it just. I mean, in Canada, they're at least talking about it. You know, um, I watch CBC News a lot, and they have done several broadcasts about this issue, but you just don't seem to get the attention in the United States, which is odd. Mm. Yeah, it is. What was it I was reading? Um reading something oh i think it might have been um a story yesterday in the new york times or it could have been one of the book reviews and it's talked about when women are murdered um sometimes uh, white women young women are pretty seem to have a reach a almost like followers of what happened to her whereas women who don't fit it in that description that category tend to be sort of like shut way you know people don't really want to follow or read or you know it, yeah. it, it goes in between not wanting to read to well those people you know i know those i people. know i know that's just our culture and the sort of um you know sexualization of of you know women and younger women and the value placed on younger women as opposed to older women. Um, I don't know. That's our culture. That's our culture. So I don't know if that's going to change. 
But, I mean, we have mm-hmm. cases in the book that are, are not necessarily all like, you know, the uh, gorgeous young women being murdered. I mean, there's uh, the serial killer I wrote about, um, if he was indeed the serial killer, because that he's never he was never convicted since he died before he could go to trial. Um, he, targe- he targeted women who were sort of um, of a more motherly type, who, um, you know, older women. And again, that was his fixation, if it was indeed him. Uh, there's cases in the book that are um, uh, men who preyed on other men, uh, and they had their whatever their fixation was. Uh, the piece about um, uh, what's his name, uh, Peter Moore, who uh, was in Wales, and he targeted men who were sort of um, almost like his father. You know, his father was an alcoholic, and he sort of uh, found men who'd maybe been at the pub or whatever, and uh, that was sort of his fixation because he 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 loved his mother and he hated his father, and his father was a brutal, not very nice man. So you have something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just it, there's a couple of cases in here where it's targeting of uh, very young people or children, um, and that's particularly, you know, that's pretty, I mean, they're all heinous. I mean, all serial killers commit mm-hmm, heinous mm-hmm. acts. But uh, God, you know, when you're reading about somebody who's killing a child and this, mm, um, and this obviously, you know, had to be dealt with in a real sensitive way as well, because um, I don't want exploitational material in my books. And that was my goal was not to have that. So anything that had that kind of content was handled, you know, with kid gloves, not to not to really sensationalize it or, you know, go on and on and on about the details too much, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Um, yeah, I understand that. Uh, wow. So this book is out. Now, um, I'm thinking before, uh, well, actually, are you on tour with this book right now or – um, Are you well, you know, author tours, I, I don't know if anyone even gets a, an author tour anymore, unless they're probably um, selling many more millions of copies than I do. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm actually going to be, um, I'm, I'm actually doing um, a book event on February 1st in Seattle at Elliott Bay Book Company. So that is uh, going to be a fun event. Um, I My contributor from Vancouver, B.C. is going to be joining me. And so, you know, that'll be that'll be fun. It'll be a talk and a reading and a Q&A and hopefully signing lots of books. Hint, hint to people in the Seattle area. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll be doing we I, I should be doing an event up in the Vancouver area. The um, one we had scheduled, unfortunately, we were hit with some <laughs> bad winter weather, and it was decided that we'd better just shelve this <laughs> event because it probably oh, had no one show up. <laughs> First of all, I don't think I could have got there. I don't think I could have got out of here with a, you know, drive out of here. Uh, but um, it's like, why would you want to have an event when there's, you know, <laughs> all this snow and slosh all over the roads and public transport is disrupted and it's just like yeah maybe we better figure oh. out another day <laughs> oh that's awful oh no so, so we're still working on that we're see. still working on that okay Sorry? so um that's this saturday yeah february saturday. 1st at 7 p.m yeah. Okay, I'm Elliot right. I'm Bay typing that up. Yeah, yeah. Elliott Bay Book Company on Capitol Hill. They're no longer down by the seafront. They're on Capitol Hill now. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. Okay, this Saturday. <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I remember when they were at the other location when I lived in Seattle. So. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, yeah, someplace, and then somebody tries to tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, I know what that is. You know, it's like, hey, where is it? What happened to the freeway? They tore the freeway down. It's a tunnel now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And the things I put, uh, and I book things for clients where I'm going, okay, the bookstore is not by, it's over in a Marshall shopping center now in Boston. You got to go there. You can't go to the other place. Don't get there and say it wasn't there. Uh, Always good to check so, before uh, you leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> check the new address. I know I've made a mistake sometimes. and Well, no, my problem is not that. My problem has always been um, getting my dates mixed up 
and uh, instead of going to the somebody's birthday party, I happened to walk in the uh, next night, and uh, it was a private party. I mean, they were doing private people things. So uh, <laughs> I'm walking in and say, man, all the balloons are on the ground. They've all fallen. And then I'll hear some. Yes, my husband will run. You mean you, 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 mean you, you, you yeah. were delivered in the, you were in the cake that you were going to jump out of the cake and it was delivered and you found out it wasn't the birthday. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a different gig. That was one of my, when I used to do uh, Monroe impersonations. That was a different one. But, no. <laughs> well done. Where's my pocket rim shot for you? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um so, yes, I just suppose that'll be this Saturday at Elliott Bay Bookstore um, in Seattle. So when you put together the uh, anthology <laughs> in Washington, Seattle, Washington. In, Washington, in the okay. USA. Hey. <laughs> just or, in case uh, anyone's confused. <laughs> on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. the left coast, depending on who you are and the West what you the call it. And, and your crow. And your uh, crow. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Or, let's see. Uh, every now and then, I take uh, a lot of the swag and stuff I get at, at uh, book events or from people. And I just send, say, tell people, I got to clean this stuff out. Send me a, a message, give me your address, and I'll send you some, you know, autograph books, T-shirts, or whatever. And uh, one of them went to a friend of mine who happens to work in the big satellite communications biz. And I said, uh, uh, USPS wouldn't take your address. Are you sure? And I gave it to her, and she sent it back. She says, well, here, add this, USA, Earth, Terran Solar System, Milky Way <laughs> Galaxy. And I did. So... <laughs> Got there. That, you know what? Not even so, I'm not even being funny, but that sounds like our mail service here at my at my U.S. Uh, location. It's like a, 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 you pray <laughs> that the mail will actually show up in your box. I spend more time delivering the mail to other people. I, I could get a moonlighting job. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be invoicing the uh, postal service too for the work that you have to do. So look, yeah, I'm you a know I contractor, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm working as a subcontractor here. You guys got to throw me some money. Uh, I'm a busy woman. I don't have time for this. It's, a, it's just a freelance. It's a charity yeah, job. Yeah, being a writer is a hard life. We need to make some extra money. <laughs> yeah, a girl's got to turn a buck, especially if she's a writer. So um, well, let me ask you, now, you, um, how, do you, how did you gather the people for, who contributed to the anthology? How did they find out about it? And... Are you doing another one? Um, well, you know, some people who some people who reached out to me, I honestly have no idea how they found me. Um, I, I have no idea. It's like they they just mysteriously showed up in my inbox one day saying, "I have a story. Am I too late?" <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, like I said, for this particular book, because this was my debut true crime book, I, I wanted to, you know, hedge my bets a little bit and reach out to some people that um, some of them I, I'd worked with previously uh, on other books, uh, and some of them I just knew through reputation. So it's kind of a 50-50 mix with um, those people and with people who just uh, applied or rather submitted from having seen this listed somewhere. I mean, the, the submission call gets posted all over the place. I mean, Australia, Britain, I'm, you know, it's amazing how far mm -hmm. flung these, these submission calls go. But um, you, you asked about a new book and I am actually right now working on the second volume in the Best New True Crime Stories series, and this one will be on small towns. So uh, I was hoping I would make sure I answered the right questions today because my head is kind of in there. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still promoting okay. the book that just came out. You know, it's kind of hard to keep it all in one head. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's the one I'm doing right now, um, The Best New True Crime Story, Small Towns, which is actually already listed for pre-order. Uh, and if you like this, if you uh, like the serial killers book, I'm I'm sure you're going to like the small towns book. 
And it'll also be a wide mix of authors, people from around the world, uh, cases from around the world, uh, and different time frames. You know, not just stuff that happened yesterday, but, you know, pieces that are maybe a little bit more historical. A whole mix. Um, so far, it's taking shape really well, so I'm quite excited about it. There's crime for everybody, new crime, old crime, small town crime. You got yeah, exactly. for everyone. Step a right up. Everyone. And everyone with a crime. And pre-order. <laughs> and pre-order, yes, no. indeed. Yes, you can step Pre-orders up. Pre-orders are important. You go to the, oh, and, yeah, uh, the website, MitziZaretto.com. Uh, and, of course, and she's on Twitter, Instagram, um, I will no, be I'm not sharing. on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> oh, you're not. Okay. No. Right. Okay. No. Right. You know what? I refuse okay. to get that addicted to a phone. I see. I kind of. I'm addicted that. to the laptop. The computer I'm connected to. I literally have an IV to the computer, but I refuse to have an IV to the phone. I mean, I've got to call. I got to stop somewhere. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I know. Well, you know, I hired out the people before doing their uh, Twitter for them. I said I was a ghost tweeter, and like a ghost writer, you know, you want to do it in their voice and reach out to the people they need to connect with. But I said that was weird because every time I have to switch over to another one and just like change my personality a little bit in the way I wrote, it was fun. So uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, look at here. Well, what I was going to say is the social media that you do use and it's here on your um on your website twitter facebook and well google plus is there but google plus isn't around anymore oh i have to take that off oh my god i better go check that i didn't know i still had google plus oh my god well for the love of well as soon as i hang up from you i'll go fix that Well, I, I should hope so. You know what? Hey, listen. I, I see that. I see Google <laughs> Plus still listed for a lot of places, including businesses. So I guess I'm not. I'm not too bad. <laughs> I, I kind of miss Google Plus. It just seems sort of, um, you know, it didn't get in your business, but it was there if you wanted to look at it. It didn't I actually you um, linked up with some nice people on Google Plus. I, I, I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Teddy, Teddy enjoyed it. He, he had some mates on there too. Ah, uh, Teddy is just so worldly and so social. I was looking, but I will share your social media on mine for people who are listening to want to find you because sometimes people will tell me, well, I was listening, but I was at work at a hospital or I was driving, so they can't always write stuff down right away. So I'll share it. Um, under Especially when you have titles, a name like mine. I, yeah, <laughs> you gotta make sure like you, you got the Z the or excuse me. Your head spell it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Well, I was gonna say to because that? with the uh, Z's or since you're uh, a British citizen, Z uh, in there, a couple Z, of Z's. Yes. It's yeah, nice Zed. to hear Z again, and no one knows what a Z is in the United States. If you say Z, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> or they think of, uh, well, if you think of Z or, or Zed, you think of the movie with, uh, oh gosh, what was the Tarantino movie? Pulp Fiction. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. There you remember we go. that? Okay. I don't remember that I was part about under- the Zed. I'm t- I forget what it was, but that's what Bruce Willis says to his girls. What about that? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> uh, looking at the featured title, it says, uh, okay, best new crime story, serial deal, ladies of gothic horror and Florida gothic. Now, oh, you know, I love the cover of this book and the fact that it says here, Florida gothic by Mitzi Zaretto. Book number one in the Gothic series. Um, Unfortunately, book number two has been delayed for a very long time. I'm ten years behind right now. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you need to harness this. To, I was looking. I mean, just the cover of it, just the, just the title of it. I just think, oh God, you know, this is going to be good. Um, I didn't even ask oh, you if you wanted to read anything one. tonight. 
Oh, I didn't uh, prepare anything. I got to prepare for Saturday night. I have to. I don't have anything to read. No, just talk to me instead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. But I was, was going to say you. You want to know? You mentioned. You mentioned about Florida Gothic, but I mean, I actually, um, I that was a fun book to to write because um, I grew up in in the Miami area, and um, I drew upon a lot of things from there that I, you know, you, you kind of file things away, and then suddenly here you are writing this book, and you suddenly all this stuff comes out, and I wanted to really, really make a sense of place for readers to really put them there that they feel like they've really been there in in Miami or in other parts of South Florida when they're reading the book. So um, that was pretty fun to be able to draw on all those distant memories and perhaps some memories that uh, were memories of my mother's or whatever about the place. Well, just looking at, yeah, and you do. And having a lot of the multiculturalism as well, because, uh, you know, anyone who knows South Florida knows that the, the Cuban culture is 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 uh, very major there. And, uh, you know, I there's a lot of that in there. And uh, it was it was quite good. I, I enjoyed writing that. Yeah, you do. We, there is a, a diverse culture there in Florida, and I guess probably even more so in Miami, um, that just make for such a oh of course I just love looking at pictures of Miami and all the pastel houses and the um I, I kind of uh or the buildings like I guess it's what mid century modern or something, the old style. So oh, you mean the Art Deco but, district in South Beach. Yeah, the Art Deco, Beach. right. Not mid century yeah, Art Deco. I think it's yeah further I mean, it's, back. It's hard like, to believe uh, at one time, South Beach was considered the waiting room, you know, for, for people to die. And, and then it's like, bang, now it's uh, uh, multi-million dollar condos and ho- pricey hotels and celebrities and models and, uh, you know, television and film people. I mean, such about face that area got, you know, <laughs> it's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's, and uh, well, heck, what what do you think? I think I think that the Gloria Estefan really, um, I think she's responsible for that for bringing up all of there. But anyway, uh, she, back yeah, to yeah. seriously. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of in jest, but kind of not. Um, just looking at some of the reviews though, Florida Gothic. Um, uh, Peter Straub, Interior Darkness, Sector Story says Mitchie Sorrento's, uh Dark Night of the Soul is one wild, soul-blasting old mother of a trip, plus maggots, cockroaches, and cocaine. Solid, slippery, bug-eyed fun. I mean, <laughs> he's great. I love that, that blurb he gave me. He's fabulous. Oh, I mean, I was thrilled to get dude, a blurb I mean, from him. I mean, he's a, he's a horror god, you know. I mean, he's, been, he's oh, written yeah. horror novels for decades and at the top there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and see if I can read one more. Lucy Taylor, uh writer of Safety of Unknown Cities. She goes from gators with a taste for human flesh to methadals to a methadal son of a drug kingpin at the will of a Hummer. Mrs. Doretto's Florida Gothic exposes the world of South Florida's seediest through the rotting eyes of a revenge driven corpse. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> gory and impossible to put down. <laughs> Follow the Pied Piper of cucarachas at your own risk. Cucarachas at your own risk. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, if you live in Miami, you know what a cucaracha is. <laughs> you can't avoid that. The cucarachas are going to be there long after we're all gone, and they'll probably take over Miami. <laughs> For sure. That's yeah, they yes. Love, they they will. love it. <laughs> there is a little short a couple of paragraph excerpt. Do you mind if I read it? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay, so I did actually you guys after the show for the weekend. You can't talk anymore till I uh, get to uh, Elliot Bay books. Um, Florida Gothic, this is an excerpt. If I could even talk. <clears throat> you know I've got a a nice cup of tea here just to, you know, just because I knew I was going to talk to you and I wanted to really get into the thing. A hit and run. Oh, stuck. 
I want to think of Don LaFontaine stuck in a world between life and death. A hit-and-run driver leaves Ernesto Martinez to die by a Miami Canal. Then an alligator comes along to finish the job. But being dead gives Ernesto plenty of time to think. He thinks about his wife, taken from him too soon by illness. He thinks about his daughter, the victim of a drunk driver. And he thinks about his as he watches his body slowly decompose. But most of all, he thinks about injustice. The meth head ex-con living in the Everglades, the judge enjoying retirement on the Gulf Coast, the son of a Colombian drug kingpin partying in South Beach. These men care nothing for the pain they've caused, but they'll soon know what it is to feel pain. Set against the sweltering, bug-infested backdrop of South Florida, Florida Gothic weaves a darkly unnerving and visceral tale of sex, drugs, crime, and vengeance. Yeah. Did I, did, I get, did I get the mood of your book? Did I do okay? Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. <laughs> it's in and... <laughs> Solid, slippery, bug-eyed fun. So... <laughs> oh, man, I better get the bug spray out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have the cucarachas here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think all of us, all of us what, who have spent time in South Florida, have PTSD from cucarachas. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I um, never lived there, but uh, you know that's where. Um, if you're in Georgia, that's where you know they're one of the first places you ever go on a vacation or family, whatever. You go to Florida, and not all the way to Miami, but we usually go to. Uh, Florida, yeah, I hear people talk. So, uh, while we've only got a few minutes left, and it's just this is this has really gone by fast for me. Uh, thank you so much for for giving me this time tonight, for being so generous uh, to talk with us here. Uh, and is there anything? Well, you've got about uh, five or six minutes. Is there anything else that you want people to know or to look for from you or? know about your work oh my goodness uh i should sum up my career in five minutes let me think (laughs) um (laughs) you know um i would just say you know if if people aren't familiar with me uh, check out my website and i've got all my various books on there and some brief information about what they're uh, what they're about. Um, you know, I, I, I try to put out a, a good product for people and I say product because I mean, a book is still a product and you look, mm-hmm. the publishers see it as a product and they need to sell the product and we need to sell the product to pay our bills. So, um, but I'm, you know, I, I really think, um, I'm I'm really pleased with the new book, uh, the best new true crime story, serial killers. And uh, I hope that, you know, readers will also find something valuable and take away something and, uh, you know, become enlightened and uh, learn something new and be stimulated and whatever from reading the book. And that was kind of what my intention was. And um, so I hope you go buy it and I hope you'll pre-order the new one. And I hope if you're in Seattle, you'll stop in on Saturday night at Elliott Bay Book Company because I'll be there and uh, it should be fun. And Teddy is going to be in the audience as well. Teddy's going to be there. Yes. And so yes, you guys. Will. Well, I think a lot yep. of his Facebook friends are coming. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. He, yeah, and, he does uh, a lot of promotion for me. He's, you know, I, I just to be not to be funny, but um, a lot of his uh, contacts, people he knows from Twitter and Facebook, have been incredibly supportive of me, um, you know, buying my books and and uh, reviewing the books and whatnot. It's like, man, you know, and he's, yeah, I know I need to put him on salary already. I I really do. <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, Teddy. Teddy does a lot of good promotion for you. Teddy looks good, sounds good, knows what to do in, in front of the camera or the social media. But um, I think every now and then, and, you know, if it translates into sales, I wouldn't say this is a bad thing. But every now and then he kind of whines about, pardon me for saying this, Mitzi, but he kind of whines about your cooking or something. And I wonder if he does that just to, uh, I thought she cannot be a bad cook. I wonder if Teddy does that just to get some sympathy so people will buy the book. And here, maybe you can go out to eat if we buy a book. I'm just saying. 
Um, because I think Teddy's a genius. Be can I be honest? Um, he's sure. he's not lying. He's not lying at all. He's absolutely right. <laughs> you know, but you see, you see, I I'm an artiste. Okay, I'm an artiste. I'm I'm a creator. I create books. Oh, I write. I can the, the cooking is not my thing. This this is not where my talent lies. <laughs> It's not crucial to the quality of your work and your skill. No. And yes, Teddy. But if you want somebody to sell books, I would let him go ahead. But I know. Yeah, I, I have no. I have no control one. over what he does. I I have absolutely no control over what he does. He, you know, I'm, I'm sort of. I think I'm more famous for my bad cooking than I am for my books. Thanks to him. No, 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 no. So, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I've had, listen, he's got, he, a lot of there. his friends are suggesting I write some cookbooks about what not to cook and how not to cook. <laughs> that's a shame. Well, maybe I'll find cool. another niche oh, for oh. myself. Now, true crime, erotic <laughs> fiction, gothic horror, and bad cooking books. There we go. Maybe they'll. <laughs> hey, I had a cookbook from a friend of mine. Bar still got it. It's um, it's it's not really good recipes, but it was written by this drag queen named Billy Taylor, and it's called "You've Had Worse Things in Your Mouth." So it's uh, oh. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. It's like this. This I, is a recipe the that goes to, you know sitting around with your friends. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It'll say something like, "Okay, here's a recipe for some kind of you know party dip," but when your friends come over, you're all watching Judy Garland movies all night or something. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll let Teddy take the credit on that. No, listen, I go through a – there's a certain Starbucks I go through, and if I happen to go in with something by myself uh, without one of the corgis with me, people go – somebody asked me, somebody was online and said, are you Tybee's – excuse me, are you Tybee's mom? You know, so it's like they – Tell the dog, hey, that's Tybee's Bob, or somebody will say Tybee, and then they'll all kind of, and they've got their own oh. uh, Instagram page, and so does Tybee, because I want to be a stage mom. Um, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> film work here. Now, I got Fiona a job working on the TV series, but then she decided to quit walking. If this like, You know, you got to do the same thing over and over. She got tired. So they said, okay, well, why don't yeah. you just sit down, let people come by and say hey to you and Fiona. I'm going, Fiona, you're so lucky we did not get thrown off the set. But um, <laughs> but then I wonder if somebody was watching the rushes, you know, watching you know, how they walk through the camera to see what they just filmed, if they've got enough, and they probably yeah. see somewhere. I'm walking and I'm pulling the dog, and she's like skidding like a cartoon dog. <laughs> <laughs> But I still want to be. I don't. I don't know what your the plans for Teddy. Teddy's plans are. But I said I want to be a stage mom. That's what I want to do with all the film work. That's why I got Tybee an Instagram page. And Mitzi, people tell me, well, you know, showbiz kids turn out so trashy. And I always say, not if they can't drive and they don't have access to their own money. Uh. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, you know, if they fall in with a bad crowd, you know, they go down that the wrong street, and there's someone over there like, hey, hey, dog, hey, hey, check this out, check this out. You know, you don't know what kind of substances they could be pushing on them. <laughs> that's true. It's like you that know, catnip. You know, it's like the catnip issue. You know, I mean, that's a big problem <laughs> now with with cats. <laughs> catnip yeah. addiction and rehab for cats. You know. <laughs> Uh, 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 it's always something. I was going to ask you, is there, is there a, is, is there a <laughs> union? Is there some sort of like a screen actor's dog guild or something? You know, I, a lot of casting agencies around. And uh, like I said, whenever I see somebody's a dog on, on some TV, I go, look, there's pedestrian and dog. That's what we are, Fiona, pedestrian and dog. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they have this. Maybe I should look for that. Maybe I should. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, we're, there we're, must we're, be we some sort break. of union rules. <laughs> probably. I know, whenever we were on break and having a dinner, you know, there would be different kids that would want to play, and they go, I want to take Fiona home, and their mothers would be like, no, you're not taking this dog. This is your dog, you know. They're not taking this dog home with them. Go, okay, so... There were enough people not wanting to take a dog home that whenever she found playmates, they'd bring them back. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe I should check into that. 
And you also, I got to say this too, while we've got a couple of minutes, you also have a lot of charities listed. You have a page of charities listed on your website, which I think is wonderful. You said it's some wonderful animal rescues, Teddy Tedaloo and I support. And uh, one of them, Elaine Boozler's Tales of Joy. I just love Elaine Boozler anyway. And then knowing that yeah. she has an animal rescue is even better. Yeah, she's great. Um, she's great, yeah. Well, I support the one that's in your neighborhood. Did you oh, find what the is one that in one? your neighborhood there? Uh, TLC Humane Society in Dahlonega, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I said they got yeah. TLC Humane Society. Wonderful. Okay. Oh, dear. Well, you now know, actually, adoption Teddy page. did a, a Facebook fundraiser um, last year. It was his birthday fundraiser, and he raised, I think, um, more than $300 for them. Nice. Very good, Teddy. Yeah. What, what a guy. What a guy. What a sweetheart. <laughs> I bet that's the first, well, uh, probably the first rescue that had a, a bear raising funds. <laughs> <laughs> And once again, I just think it's the world, it's Teddy Tedaloo's world, and we just live in it. <laughs> and we're grateful for him. We're grateful for him. He's charming and intelligent and fun. Um, I think that's great. And, Mitzi, so are you. And I'm so thrilled that you took this time with with me tonight. And uh, let's don't make it so long till the next time, okay? Yeah, I don't know what happened. We had quite a long period of of dormancy between us. I felt so I felt so <laughs> sad. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, think, I don't know. Well, no, I, I think uh, yeah, I had a few years kind of in exile that were uh, so uh, we won't go into that. But I'm coming, but I've come <laughs> back. I've come back. So I'm getting back to myself. Uh, anyway, your groove you, back. did I ever send? I am. I am. Did I ever send you? That's right. You're gonna make some grits and grit my, get my groove back. Did I ever send you a copy of my CD? Everybody's got to swing. No, I don't think I have it. No, okay. I don't have it. No, I only have one CD. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I got rid well, of a lot of CDs oh, really? in the UK. So yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's why I told Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.